You're tearing me apart, Lisa. That's right. For those who know the glorious movie The Room, the Citizen Kane of bad movies, we decided to sit down and talk about our favorite bad movies on episode 38 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Fate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. Elena is not going to be recording us with us today, and uh, I decided to have a special guest on. In the meantime, a uh, an old friend, that makes me sound like I'm saying you're old, um, a friend I've known for a while. Her name is Jessica Quaz. Jessica Quaz, hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, really good. I'm really glad to be here for my very first episode. So thanks yes, for having me. All the way from La La Land. Yes, yeah, all the way out <laughs> on the West Coast. Yeah, filled with kale and weed and surfboards. <laughs> a lot of greenery, a all kinds of greenery. of greenery and surfing. That's all we do. We just smoke That's weed and do. surf. That's it. That's all you need to do <laughs> with life. The idea of this episode was actually Jessica's. So uh, before we get into that, Jessica, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, a.k.a. the the mother of Entertainment Buffet? Yeah. Um, Well, like you said, I'm in California right now. Um, We've known each other for a few years now. What did we say? Five years. We've known each other for five years now. Um, Half a decade. Half a decade. Wow, we are old. (laughs) Look at that. Yeah. we met back in Chicago uh, when I was living there, and we were both going to Columbia. Um, we met through a, uh, a networking website that the school offered called Talent Pool, and you like messaged me on it because it said that I was a producer on there, and you had like scripts that you wanted to make, and this was like way back when Entertain Buffet was like just starting. Like I don't even remember like what was on it, like. I Probably think, just the name. Yeah, <laughs> just the name with, like, videos to come. And then they did. Yeah. They did come. Um, and we were do- our first thing was Dr. Doctor, uh, which yes. is still really funny. I actually watched it a couple months ago, and I was laughing yeah. my ass off. Shout out to Dan Ott. <laughs> yes, Dan Ott was good. He's so funny. He's, he's hilarious in that. Um, so then, yeah, so I've been out in California now for about two years and yeah, when we had first met, I was just producing. That was mainly all I've been doing. And then, um, within the past couple of years, I started writing and directing as well. Um, so that's, that's me. Um, and in my spare time, I love movies <laughs> and I love talking about them. So I'm super excited yeah. to be here. Like any time I can talk about movies, I will gladly take that opportunity. Yes. Um, So as Jess said, we've known each other for a while, and uh, I have to thank her because, um, as she said, I I was like a sophomore at Columbia, and I was like, you know, all my freshman year, like we did projects, but like now, like all these new classes, sophomore year, like we're just talking about projects. We're not doing them. Like it's not fair. Like I have ideas, and I want to make stuff. I don't want to wait until like our senior thesis project whatever the fuck they call it practicum whatever like i don't want to wait until then like i want to make stuff now and i have idea for these weird sketches 
And like she said, I just searched producer. I kind of looked through some people. I'm like, ah, they're sketchy. Uh, they don't look like they know what they're doing. And then I saw Jessica and she was like, yeah, I'll help you make these. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was like so, I had the same mentality where it was like, this is great that we're making things in class, but I want to just make things on my own. And so it was a really great pairing because we both had that like desire just to make our own stuff. And yeah, it's so funny that we met like on that website of all places. Yeah. Like, and we've maintained our friendship for years. And well, you're the only one I met on that. Like, that's it. <laughs> I didn't try well, again. <laughs> Talent pool is like the most brilliant idea for like an art school, but like because none of the teachers know about it, and like no one tells the kids about it, like it basically is just you can search you know whether you're into music or film or tv or you're an actor and like you can connect uh through like it's almost like a linkedin but like just for columbia and you can find people to collaborate with and i was like why are more people using this yeah i totally agree it was like really great resource that like no one took seriously like yeah so i guess it's like how we were able to find each other because we were the only ones on there like hey guys let's actually make things like let's (laughs) let's do this let's do it and we did exactly (laughs) and so yeah we did a bunch of sketches that were one-off and uh jessica actually has a bunch of hitchcockian cameos in them i do (laughs) i do (laughs) um in some various roles and also we uh she you helped us make the pizza delivery web series mm-hmm, yeah the common therapy web series that's right which is actually shot at your dad's house that's right <laughs> yes yes that was my dad's house that's right oh my gosh and, i forgot about all my cameos i think my favorite one was like the emo girl in i hockey 101 because i don't say anything <laughs> i don't say anything i have like these this really intense eyeliner job that I did myself, which was so funny because I was like producing and cameoing as a goth girl. So I'd be like, "Hey, extras, <laughs> come on in, hey!" And like I had this gothic like eyeliner job and like all black and like so I had to show up and be a producer while I'm like wearing these like really dark clothing. Like, come yes. on in, guys, let's let's do, shoot this. And then <laughs> I think I just stare at the lead and then I flip them off and I walk out and it was great. It was yes. so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Basically, if you watch any of the videos on entertainment, Babe, pretty much from like 2012 to like end of 2014, beginning of 2015, like Jessica was producing them. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we were pumping much. out a lot, especially like when we got into the pizza delivery sketches, we were filming something like at least once a week, we were going really hard with it. Yeah, I just remember when I told you, I'm like, what if we did a series where it's all just at the door and a pizza delivery driver and it's weird situations and you're like, okay. And then I threw like six scripts at you and you're like, oh, you, you, this wasn't just an idea. Like you actually wrote this. Right. You actually had this. <laughs> like, all right. But that was like, as a producer, that was like one of the easiest things I've ever done because like they were really funny. They were really good ideas, but they were at a door. Like that was the location. <laughs> just find a door and that's it. It was great it was so easy <laughs> yeah jess uh would you like to maybe plug uh, some projects you're working on in la currently some we're working on together and some you're knocking out yourself yeah totally um well, unfortunately like no release dates as of yet but when they are set yeah we will plug them hard on this podcast or i'll make you plug them <laughs> for sure um 
I am. I, I wrote and directed a web series called Film Femme, and that is currently being edited and finished up uh, before we release them. And then, aside from that, I am uh, working on my own writing and everything on, my, on the side. But uh, I'm also finishing up a short film that I'm directing called Great Mistake that uh, Brandon wrote, and uh, myself and Daniel Ott. Uh, had helped come up with the story so it was kind of awesome because we came up with that story like was that like what three or four years ago now at this point a while I remember back it was, uh, i saw in time hop recently it was 2013 <laughs> it was like right after we had finished filming way down i was like on a high of like wanting <laughs> to make short films and i really wanted to make a dark comedy and then <laughs> We came up with the idea, and then, like, I remember I wrote a draft, and then we all got busy with life and adulting, and then, like, years later, I was like, guys, remember this thing I wrote that we came up with? (laughs) That's right. It was so great how, like, that was just forgotten, and, like, you're right, we, like, I remember we had writers' meetings, like, at your old apartment, um... Was that like, on State Street or wherever that was by? And like, yeah, we sat and we like mapped out the whole story and we were like super into it. And like, none of us gave up on it. Like, none of us were like, oh, we just can't do this. This is too much. Like, we just, like you said, all got really busy and then kind of let it go. And then like three or four years later, you're like, hey guys, we still have this script. Like, let's yeah. do something with it. So I love that. I think that's really great that like we brought it back and. Um, the material obviously still hold up. Like it's, it's really funny. Um, so I'm directing that and Daniel's a DP. So like, that's also really cool too, that like the three of us who wrote it are the ones like bringing it back together. Um, which, you know, we're we're part of the Hollywood dream, a project that takes (laughs) years in the making, you know? Yeah, really. Yeah. So now you're a producer now. Look at you. (laughs) Which I do not envy producers. I I don't mind when I'm co-producing. But like now that like I'm pretty much producing this mostly by myself, but also help with some people, it's it's a lot of work. But yes. that's even more exciting is that you have a play coming up. You're not a theater writer, or you weren't. Now you <laughs> technically are. Like that's really awesome. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, like even like together, like we 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 did web shows, we did sketches, we did short film, and so like I as a writer, like I was like you know. A lot of my writing is dialogue heavy and minimal locations. I mean, we did an entire web series at a door. Um, so I just, yeah, I just tried writing a play and then other people read it and they were just kind of like, hey, this isn't bad. And I'm like, good, because that would depress me if it was bad. <laughs> um, but and it just went through a lot of iteration. It's just cool that even though we are states away, you're working on projects, I'm working on projects. And then we can both be like, hey, look at what we're doing, and then still work together on some. So, um, yeah, that is exciting. If you're in the Chicago area, I'll plug it now real quick. Uh, Go to Stage 773 and see the play How Does It Make You Feel. Um, By the time this podcast drops, it should be out and about... 10 days or so like like two weeks ish it's very soon it doesn't seem like it's that soon but yeah august 10th is opening night and we're going to be having 10 showings so there's not that many to see just go out and check it out uh jess i even put a shout out in the play 
<laughs> yeah. There's a line where it was like Jessica needs to come from La La Land and get her I ass know. back over I here. I felt like a celebrity. I was like, oh, I'm being referenced. But yeah, I read the script. I'm not just saying this because I'm your friend. Like, go see it. It's really funny. And I remember like when you were first telling me about it, I was like, I don't. I don't know if that's going to work. Like, that's really, that's an interesting concept. And then you sent me the script, and I loved it. So go see it. I can't see it because I'm not in Chicago. So go see it for me, please, people. Go see it. <laughs> yeah. Long uh, long introduction, but it's because, like we said, we've known each other for like half a decade now. We yeah. We pretty much went through all of college together. We, no. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, you know. Yes. So, yeah, plus I just, you got to introduce me, right? I guess we got to talk about me. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, why not? So, but yeah, let's get into it. I feel, so yeah. I'm so excited to talk about bad movies because I love, 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 love watching bad movies. And as I was telling you, I don't understand like my fascination with it. I really don't. Like, I think <laughs> part of it is that I love to laugh at bad movies. Like, like obviously the room is hysterical, but then another part of me is like so curious as to how it got so bad so like I'm watching a bad movie laughing my ass off but also in the back of my mind like how does this happen I don't understand um (laughs) so I love I mean obviously I love good movies uh it's like what I chose for my career but (laughs) I love some bad movies oh my gosh (laughs) yeah um it's funny uh Jess brought up this topic of like movies that's so bad we love them or so bad that they're good and it it is a unique area because like you said some people like i went through a phase where i just like i reviled movies that were bad because i'm like no we can't give them credit because then you know people are gonna just make bad ones and then they're still gonna be successful like we need to admire the good ones you know and i would refuse to see so many and like i'm sure they'll be uh so often the dynamic on the podcast is I'm asking someone, have you seen this movie? And they're usually like, no, I haven't. But I feel like the roles are going to be reversed. Jess is going to be like, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, no, I haven't. But like a lot of these, I've heard how bad they are. And like, we each compiled like a little list of ourselves of just like really bad movies. Um, but, uh, so yeah, this is Jess's idea. Let's jump right in. I think one that, uh, you and I both discussed this before and we agreed that, um, we need to dedicate an entire podcast just to this movie. So we're going to talk a little bit about it. We have to mention it because it's like considered the worst movie ever made. Um, the Room. <laughs> or the best movie ever made. I don't know. Which, yeah. Oh, what a let, Let's gem. clarify because I, I always need to clarify this. There's The Room, which came out in 2003. And then there's Room, which came out a couple years ago with Brie Larson. That is a great movie. Like, yes, that is, yes. That is a deserved to be nominated for all the awards it got. Brie Larson got Academy Award. Like, fantastic movie. We're not talking about that one. We're talking about The Room. Yeah, <laughs> very different. There is no yes. kidnapping storyline. I don't think, right? There's a lot of storylines in The Room, but I don't there's think a there's lot of a kidnapping one. Um, but yeah. Very different. Very, very different movies. I think because there's actually um, the... <laughs> So, like, long story short is the room was made by this crazy, crazy man or genius named Tommy Wiseau that he wrote, directed, self-financed for, like, six million and made himself the main character of. <laughs> and 
Um, the movie was so reviled and like shit on that years later, his friend who was the co-star of the movie, played Mark, Greg Sestero, made a book called The Disaster Artist. And James Franco is now adapting that book into a movie called The Disaster Artist that's coming out in December. I think, Jess, we're going to have you on the podcast and maybe my friend Jerry, who's also an avid fan of The Room, and we're going to dedicate a whole episode just to talking about The Room. Um, so we're going to maybe save that until around December. It should be a nice Christmas treat around the time when Disaster Artist comes out. <laughs> I would love that because I am so fascinated by the making of The Room, too. That like, the, like There's so much to talk about about the movie itself, but then there's a million different things to talk about when it comes to like the whole production behind it. It's insane. So like... Yeah, we- we cannot talk about it in five minutes. Like, there's just so much that you really do need a whole episode just to be able to fit, like, half of everything in. So I would love to just come back and, like, talk about it nonstop. It's amazing. Yes. It, it is a movie that, um, like you said, I think we could honestly do an entire podcast episode on the making of it. And Probably, then like, an a whole podcast. podcast just, like, a whole podcast <laughs> series. Like, there's just so much. It's insane. Yeah, it's... And you said earlier, you said fascinated, and, like, that's what I became, because, like, I actually remember years ago, you asked me if I saw this movie, and, like, I had heard how bad it was, and that, I think I was in the phase of, like, no, I don't want to see the movie that's real bad, like, I I don't want to see it, like, I want to, there's so many good movies that I haven't seen, I was like, I feel like I should see those movies like i still haven't seen you know lawrence of arabia or you know like like classic films that why should i waste an hour and 39 minutes watching the room (laughs) when i could be watching good movies i'm glad you finally came to your senses though and you've watched it and you're now like in the cult of tommy wiseau with me like you drank the kool-aid you're in it i love that oh my god i am though like (laughs) i was talking about it with like everyone at work like I had, like, these few days at work where, like, I'm a teller at a bank that's not that busy, and I was just reading articles and articles and, like, all the Wikipedia just, like, about the making of this movie and, like, the book that Greg Sestero wrote about the making of it, and I was just entranced. Like, I couldn't stop talking about it, and some people were like, we get it. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, if you even try to describe it to someone who hasn't seen it, it's like... It's an impossibility. Like, you have got to witness it for yourself and, like, be involved. I don't know. Like, I read the book, too, and even then I still had a million questions. Like, how did this get made? I don't understand. But it's great. And so for those of you who haven't seen it... Shout out to the podcast, How Did This Get Made? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great one, yes. Um, So, yeah, Tommy Wiseau is the lead, and the story is, like, his... Is oh gosh, what is the story even? His girlfriend Lisa is, is an awful betraying person him. and betraying him through an affair, um, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of the story. But a lot see, of other things happen. <laughs> see, like all all I can really say about like the plot or like why, like because a lot of people are like, why is it so bad? Like how could it be that bad? And the point is that like it is played like as a hardcore melodrama. Like, it is played serious. Yes. But it is so funny because, like, all the silly mistakes that you could see across, like, numerous movies that will make, like, one of these mistakes, like, it does all of them. It's almost, like, that's why, like, part of me is, like, did he do this on purpose? Like, did he try to make the worst movie ever and he did it? 
because like there's so many things from like the awful green screen to the audio is terrible to his awful acting the random sex scenes that last forever oh god those <laughs> sex scenes are so uncomfortable like i only tried to watch the room alone once and it was the most uncomfortable thing because the first thing that comes up is like this really awkward sex scene and i turned it yes. off it was so uncomfortable to watch alone don't ever do it just don't try it yeah but yeah and it's it was... like you're right it takes itself so seriously like it it's ridiculous you're right the the effects the acting like all of it you can just visually see how bad it is but the attitude is that it's the most dramatic movie ever made so like it's just taking itself way too seriously and i think that's probably yeah. part of the magic of it as you can tell how excited we're getting into this like it could be a whole episode or two or series is i have luckily it's i've only seen the movie once but i'm this entranced with the background like i listened to the whole audiobook about it and read all about it as far as like you have to see it at least once mm -hmm. like, you need to and you need Especially... to see it like in a group a group setting is the best like I, the first time i ever watched it was like my friends in high school were like you have got to watch this movie this is ridiculous and like about half the group hadn't ever seen it half did and we were just dying and that's part of the magic of the room too is like you're watching it in a group and you're all sharing a laughter and sharing this like yeah. what the fuck moment like are you also watching this right now so i think in a group setting it's super fun so yeah i'll just say one more thing on the room okay before we move on i just want to um, cut us off because we could literally keep talking about the room forever oh yeah. we, I, I, we uh, wouldn't stop <laughs> Yeah, I know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners who haven't seen it are like, oh my god, like, move on. It's like, we will. But, <laughs> um, like you said, that group aspect of it, I think what really makes it so bad is because a lot of the movies that we're going to go in, I bet there's some people that are like, hey, like, yeah, it's bad, but, like, there's some pros, like, there's some good things, or, like, you know, like, there's kind of, like, they, like you said, there's some movies that know they're bad, but, like, this... It is universally agreed upon that it's bad. Uh, the exclamation point at like the end of our very long sentences regarding this is how I've described the room to people is this. You know how way back in the day they used to say like, oh, it's like 53 BC and then like 104 AD, like for before <laughs> Christ, quote, quote, and after death, whatever. Yeah. For me, it's like I had life before the room <laughs> and now I have life after the room. So like I want to just start like I'm, I'm, in, I'm still in like year one, like AR, like after room. Like it's... <laughs> And, like, I'll forever be, like, the 24 years before I saw it. Like, it changed. <laughs> it just changed, like, my life and, like, my perspective on, like, writing, filmmaking, like, everything. Like, it is, it just punched me in, like, my soul. Like, <laughs> and so, like, I'm really tempted from now on when people will be like, what year is it? Or something like that. And I'll just be like, oh, it's, like, two AR, like, two years <laughs> after the room. Like... <laughs> Because oh I can never unsee it. Like <laughs> no, you can't. You can't ever forget about it. It never leaves I, your mind. It just I feel creeps like in there. I would get in a car accident and get like amnesia, but I'd still be like, I, I saw the room though. You know, <laughs> like, like I would come out of a coma and like can't remember my name or like my family, but I'm like, yeah, I I've seen the room, haven't I? Like, <laughs> like your first words are like, keep your comments to your pocket. What? Is, keep your comments in your pocket. What is keep that your dialogue? In your Jesus. Yes. Okay, so, so 
one movie. Let's move on. Yes. So speaking of, like I said, movies that are so bad but knows it's really bad is Sharknado. Have you seen <laughs> Sharknado? I have not, but, like, what are they on? Like, Sharknado 4 now? No, like no, oh, no, no, no. So they um, are about to release their fifth one. I don't know oh, when. God. I don't know what the premiere date is. I, but I was, at a, I was at Comic-Con last weekend, and they had a whole panel there. And, like, literally people were, well, it's Comic-Con. There's lines everywhere. But people were lined up for this panel. Like, the, the passion and love for Sharknado is still very <laughs> much alive, um, which I was very shocked to see that, like, so many people were we're super into it still. Um, I have to be honest, I've only seen the first two, which is better than you, only though. The first two. <laughs> only the first two. Um, I'm going to guess the third and fourth one are very similar in terms of the plot. Um, I, I know the fourth one is called The Fourth Awakens, I believe, because it came <laughs> out like right after Force Awakens, and the poster is like the, a parody of Force Awakens, but it's all sharks, which is Oh, it makes God. me want to see it, totally. Um, so, okay, let me just tell you a little bit about the science of Sharknado. Um, <laughs> Please. It's very, very realistic. Basically, they don't ever fully, like, explain how a Sharknado forms, but basically a tornado c- comes <laughs> in over the ocean and picks up sharks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's a really intense opening scene where, like, sharks just get really angry and, like, start attacking beachgoers, um, as they do. And then a tornado comes by and saves the people from these, like, ravaging sharks or whatever. Not intentionally. Tornadoes don't swoop in and save the day ever. But, like, they pick up these sharks into the funnel system. I don't know what it would be. And then the tornado proceeds to go throughout Los Angeles and just destroy the city um, with sharks in the tornado, of course. <laughs> so, it's great. It's, like, that's it. And, like, there's no other explanation. Like, and, and not at one point in the movie, because I actually rewatched it very recently, um, not at one point does a character go, like, this is really weird, right? Like, how does this happen? Like, no one questions it. They're just like, oh, shit, a Sharknado's coming our way. We gotta run. Um, it's great. And so, like, it stars... Oh, God, I, I don't know his name. He's, like, one of those, like, 80s actors from, like, 90210 or Melrose. Like, this is, like, honestly great. He's on the upswing with these movies, for sure. Um, and the, the ever-charming Tara Reed, uh, who is just a classy lady. Um, Clearly. And she, she, I have to say, though, like, she's aged pretty well. Like, you can tell she's still, like, Tara Reid, which is pretty shocking given, like, all the drugs she's probably put into her body. Um, By the way, when I was, I wanted to look up who the 80s actor you're talking about, Sharknado 5 is called Global Swarming. (gasps) Oh, Yes. Oh, I'm for sure seeing the fifth one then. Absolutely. So I just remember, like, she's his ex-wife, and, like, they have kids, but they the kids, like, are cast that are, like, way too old to be their kids. Like, this is not believable at all. Um, and, like, the whole movie is, like, this guy, the 80s actor, just running around L.A., like, trying to save his kids, like, you know, as any good dad <laughs> would do in this scenario. Um, but God. what makes it so great is like there's the big picture terribleness of it like the plot like the sharknado science like what is that but then there's like the 
this the editing is awful like the consistency is garbage like there will be one shot where like a character is like in bloody water because a shark just ate their friend and then they cut over to like another character talking and they cut back to this character and all of a sudden like the blood's not in the water anymore like that is happening constantly like or my favorite would be like when a a, a Sharknado's coming through, like, blasting away. Like, all the characters are, like, looking up, like, oh, my God, no, Sharknado's coming. And they're all looking in different angles. Like, they're, you could tell the cast is not together when they were shooting this. Like, the director's like, all right, um, just uh, just look up, and there's a Sharknado. Yep, that'll do. <laughs> eh, no, this is fine. Um, See? It's great. <laughs> it, like, it sounds like a sketch. Like, it sounds like a comedy sketch, right. like an SNL. Yes. But, like, they stretch it for a movie, like a whole movie. And multiple four, movies yeah four other movies to follow and like <laughs> i don't know much about like the making of sharknado but boy do i wish i did i'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself but i really do want to know too like was this intentionally bad like from the get-go or like were they just in the editing room and they're like you know what fuck it we're just gonna call it sharknado it is what it is it's bad and we're just gonna embrace that it's really bad or did they start off being like let's just let's just mess around like let's just <laughs> let, why not yeah sharks yeah. yeah like where did this start i don't know but that's sort of what i love about it is that like it's really bad and they know it and they don't care like they know that it's <laughs> awful like unlike some movies that are like the real they really try they really try to make it seem like a great movie it's totally not like this is like you know what you're getting yourself into it's called sharknado like there is no surprise how bad it is i'll have to i'll have to pivot into uh, on my list i also have a shark movie <gasps> <laughs> um, the fourth awakens <laughs> global, global swarming, swarming. <laughs> um no uh and it's actually not like jaws 2 or jaws 3 or any of those um i haven't luckily haven't seen really any of those but um it's a little movie that it feels like everyone i know has seen it at least once it's called deep blue sea <gasps> <gasps> oh my gosh i forgot about this movie oh my god <laughs> and it is <laughs> it is so ridiculous because it, like everyone like like jaws is considered one of the greatest movies like ever made and like it the first jaws and the first star wars created the blockbuster that like summer movies now do like where it's just like this big movie and it just blows up the summer and um so like th we've seen like there's been a million shark movies like there's been like even just this last yeah. year or two like there was like in the shallows or whatever and there was uh 47 17, meters down 47 meters yeah, down you're right what's up said, with that like there's so many and that's why like i have a lot of friends who are like no you can still do a shark movie really well and i'm like no like it's been done and so like deep blue sea for me the reason why like <laughs> it was one of those movies that like it would always be on like tbs or tnt or like usa like like so many different networks would show this movie and it has thomas jane and a little cool Jay, mm, yes. who is a chef with like a pet parrot, <laughs> and like they're like basically like they're in this underwater, like science fortress type thing, and like they're experimenting on sharks, and somehow like they make them really smart and like roided out sharks, and what kills me is like basically like this is their premise. Like in other movies, like Jaws, it's like oh there's just one big one, or like Anaconda, it's like one big thing. But, like, the Deep Blue Sea, it's like, fuck it. There's, like, five big ones, you know? <laughs> There's just a lot of them. 
and they're smart and it kills me um it's one of my favorite like ridiculous scenes is like samuel l jackson um who's literally just in like every movie um yeah <laughs> do you know the scene i'm about to t- i think i do please but go ahead please <laughs> <laughs> basically people are afraid i think some people have been killed or like the power just went out or whatever it's been a while since i've seen it i don't remember like the details like as i do some of these movies that we're going to talk about and he goes on this monologue about like we're humans like we're gonna survive and we're gonna get through this and he's like saying it like right in front of like kind of like this water tank and literally a shark leaps out of the tank and fucking bites him and then like (laughs) pulls him back into the water and it's and like the rest of the crew are just like what the fuck you know like it's so weird because it's like something it's like in the empire strikes back when like han solo leia and chewie are on that planet and they realize they're like in the mouth of a monster Mm -hmm. and they fly away and like the big slug thing tries to bite at him but it's like that like with a shark like it jumps out and just (laughs) grabs him and pulls him back into the water and it's just so weird because samuel L. jackson was the most famous person like in the movie and so the fact that, like, he goes on this big monologue and you think he's going to be, like, the main character and he just gets eaten like that, it's like, what? <laughs> right? I, I, like, how many monologues has he done like that? I feel like almost every movie he does some sort of big monologue about how humanity is the way to go. Like, I just saw King Kong, Skull Island, and I actually really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. But he had, like five different monologues like that that were just like <laughs> we're not gonna die it's like the snakes on a plane oh my god snakes on a plane <gasps> oh god i didn't even think His of that movie snakes on the motherfucking oh, plane that's a great bad movie too i forgot all about yeah. that one but like deep blue sea and okay it's so funny because horror movies and monster movies have this trope and like i know it may sound like stupid for me to say this as a white guy but like <laughs> We've all noticed it, but, like, there's a trope of, like, a black person dies first. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's funny, because I'm pretty sure Samuel L. Jackson, like, is, like, the first person to die. But a lot of people are like, yeah, like, in every horror movie, every monster movie, like, the black people always die, or, like, the black person dies first. But then now, because of Deep Blue Sea, so many people are like, yeah, but LL Cool J survived in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. <laughs> Because in the end of the movie, like, everyone dies except for Thomas Jane and L.O. Cool J. And it's so funny how, like, this movie is so known by, like, many people that, like, they try to defend, like, this awful trope of, like, black people being killed in these movies. And people are like, yeah, but, like, L.O. Cool J survived (laughs) Deep Blue Sea. And I'm like, oh, does that make up for all the other movies? Right. It's okay, guys. We have Deep Blue Sea on our side. Like, we're good. We're good. Oh my god, God. that movie. Um, So, in keeping with our science theme, um, my next movie that I love so much is the classic M. Night Shyamalan flick, The Happening. Have you seen The Happening? I have not, but I've I've heard (gasps) all about the the twist. So, like, okay, I don't even think it was a twist, though, because they're kind of upfront with it, like, right away, sort of. Like, kind of. It's, (laughs) God. Well, okay, so 
for those of you who don't know, it's about Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg, and his wife, Zoe Deschanel, who, like, by the way, like, who who is, like, sitting in a casting room being like, you know what, these two, they make sense. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, they have, like, the worst chemistry ever. Like, I've never seen two actors, like, have just no emotion. Like, not even dislike. Like, there's just nothing when they talk to each other. Um, <laughs> so that's one reason I love it. But So they're a married couple with, you know, marital issues. And they are outrunning a suicide plague I guess you could call it like basically they live in Boston and all of a sudden there's just like these mass suicides that like just don't make any sense like random parks are getting hit like where people just kill themselves and then they figure out that like well of course they have to run away from the city because how else do you not kill yourself I guess um I don't there's no logic and so basically spoiler alert they end up finding out that the plants like plants like trees and leaves are causing humans to kill themselves and so <laughs> you know like logically you know let's run into a forest or a field like literally they leave the city where there are far less plants and they go into like farmland which is filled with plants because they're trying to outrun plants so they go to where most plants always are it doesn't make any sense it's great and like they are oh john leguizama is also in it as marky mark's best friend um and you have like three actors who have been in good things and who have been good in things but in this they like are just god awful like it's so bad um at some point they're literally trying to outrun the wind because they find out, like, the wind propels the plants to cause people to kill themselves. I don't Jesus. really understand, like, what M. Night Shyamalan was trying to say with this twist. Like, if the message was like, oh, no, we're treating Earth so bad. Earth's going to treat us bad. I don't, I don't know. But essentially, yeah, Earth makes us want to kill ourselves. And it doesn't I'm make any sense. Wow. So yeah, I, one of these days I'm going to have to take a look at that film. Um, so we'll have to shift gears here. Um, I uh, don't have anything related to tree deaths. Uh, <laughs> but one film that I, I have to bring up that it's near and dear to my childhood, um, Street Fighter. <laughs> this was For, one I have not seen, so I yes. don't know this one. So... Back in the day when people played Super Nintendo as like the new hot system, Street Fighter 2 was like the game and I loved that game. It's just a, it's like Mortal Kombat. It's just two people fighting one another. Like there's no storyline, there's no like jumping through, you know, you're not jumping on fucking turtles like in Mario Party or anything like that. Like it's a Mario Party, uh, Super Mario. Like you're just two guys or two guys or two girls like you're just fighting. That's it. And so Street Fighter um, I loved that game, and I remember like years later hearing that they made a live action movie, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And it had Jean Claude Van Damme as the <laughs> the main character, as the Captain Guile, and uh, the movie is like nothing like the game. Like there's <laughs> like there are fight sequences, but it's. Like, the point of Street Fighter is it's almost like there's, like, this tournament of people, like, they're all over the world. And I remember, like, 
from my earliest ages, like, that's somehow, like, how I learned, like, new locations. Because, like, this guy's from Japan, this girl's from China, and this dude's from Russia. And, like, like they literally come from all over the world to, like, fight in a tournament to see who, like, the best street fighter is. And Wait a minute. The- you learned world geography <laughs> from playing Street Fighter? I mean, I wouldn't say that's where I learned it, but, like, because, like, you have to remember, like, this is, like, like the earliest 90s, like, the Super Nintendo, like, this is pre-N64, like, any of that stuff, but, like, that's where I was, like, not learning it, but, like, they would show, like, the different maps, and we're like, oh, we're in Africa now, fighting so-and-so, you know? We're in <laughs> we're Russia, in, hacking America. Yeah, and so... <laughs> It's just funny how the storyline in this movie is just nothing like the game. It doesn't. It's not close at all. Like they just took all the characters and they changed them, and none of them even look like them in the game. And it just, it's um, also in the game. Like they, it was like Dragon Ball Z, like where they could like shoot like these energy blasts at one another. Like they had like powers, and like the movie, like no one has powers. Like they're just regular people, and it's just ridiculous and like the one of the most hilarious yet tragic things about this movie is the actor Raul Julia do you know he uh I think he played he played the original um dad in like one of the Adams Family movies okay Uh, the first one I believe so okay Uh, and so like Raul Julia he's like done dramatic work comedic work and so unfortunately he was dying of cancer and like he only had chance to do like one more movie and so he agreed to do street fighter Uh, no (laughs) for like a movie for like his kids and grandkids because because like i think they were fans of the game and so he plays the villain um m bison and he I will have to say the reason I love it is because like he just embraces this ridiculous idea and like you can't tell that he's dying and like I remember like watching this movie as a kid like on VHS we rented it for Blockbuster shout out to Blockbuster um <laughs> and like then at the end of the film like this film is dedicated to Raul Julia who passed away and I'm like oh my god like this was his last movie god this that is, is the- so tragic like I know it is so up. bad this is it's your last so movie bad. And, like, oh, God, how pissed do you think his grandkids are? Like, guys, this was my grandpa's, like, last wish for me to enjoy. And, like, way to go. Way to go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, it, it just, it's a movie that, like, as I say, I think I was telling you this on the phone when we were discussing doing this episode. I remember as a kid, I didn't think it was bad because I didn't know any better. Like, it was just, I was happy because it was the characters from the game in real life. And sure, like, it didn't make any sense and it was nothing like the game, but I was just like, hey, it's so-and-so from the game and so-and-so. And then, like, at the end of the movie, they all do, like, their pose from the video game in this really hammy shot where they're just like, yeah, like, in the- <laughs> <laughs> We did and it! I was just, and I was just like, oh, they just did the thing! And, <laughs> It's so funny that, like, years later, watching it, I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like, really, really bad. And, like, there's a good reason a lot of people haven't seen it or haven't heard of it. But it's it's a movie you really need to see. Like, if you, if you, 
If you come to visit in Chicago, we may have to just sit down and see. Oh, see I'm how down. I'm so down. I just don't get because I never. I don't really play video games. You know that, but like, I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar with the game itself. So it's just like people fighting, like a like a yeah, like a uh, what do you, Marvel versus Capcom kind of situation where they just like exactly. So like, how do you make a movie about uh, that's fight? That's what we wanted to know. <laughs> We're still wondering this. But no, like, well, because that was, like, the same thing, like, and I, it's been years since I've seen it, like, I could have brought up Mortal Kombat, but it's the same kind of thing that, like, it doesn't make sense that this movie, this game that's just about fighting that they would adapt it to a movie, it's like they had an idea for a really shitty movie, and it couldn't get sold, so they just said we'll make this street fighter and we'll change all the characters names to street fighter characters <laughs> right it's a built-in audience people will watch it it's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god i feel like there are so many movies like that though from my childhood that i enjoyed so much as a kid that i loved that i do not want to watch now because i know it will be garbage like it'll just yeah. be so bad so i don't have any like nostalgic movies that i know are so bad but i love them i don't have anything like that because i want like i although i have been wanting to rewatch good burger because i think it's on netflix and i feel like <laughs> because i'm sort of a stoner i still will love the humor out of that maybe yeah. <laughs> i don't know so, we'll see so we'll we'll, we'll kind of do like a couple more um you're aware of the brilliance of Lindsay lohan i'm sure um <laughs> <laughs> well, after her uh, her Mean Girls moment when she was like living the high life, she decided, of course, to to prove that she's an actress, and she did a very dramatic movie called "I Know Who Killed Me." Oh God! It's uh, very dramatic. So this was supposed to be like Lohan's big drama piece, right? This was the one that like proves she can do it, and like. The cast is actually pretty good. Like, I know Julie Ormond plays her mom. I'm pretty sure it's Julie Ormond. <laughs> um, so let me look that up real quick, because I don't want to just say that. Um, but So, basically, Lindsay Lohan plays this, like, young, sweet high school girl who goes missing and then winds up back in a hospital. And her mom comes to see her in the hospital, and this girl... Yeah, has Julia no, Orman. It is her. Okay. So Julie Orman plays her mom. And basically what happens is, is um, Lindsay Lohan is this like young high school girl who winds up missing. She goes missing. They don't know where she's at. Uh, winds up a few days later back in a hospital. But her legs are missing. And she has no idea who she is. And she has basically like taken on a new identity as like Lola or something like that and she <laughs> has a whole new lifestyle that she's remembering like she's a stripper she wasn't raised by Julie Orman she has no idea what's going on Julie Orman's like girl you're my daughter you're coming home with me and she's like hell no I'm not I don't know who the hell you are so she comes home with her turns out that Lindsay Lohan had an evil twin Yes, yes. So, cute little sweet high school Lindsay Lohan version was kidnapped. Uh, stripper Lola Lindsay Lohan version resurfaces. Turns out, yeah, like a switched up birth type of situation. No, no. It ended up being that her dad bought uh, one of the twins and then the other twin just went with the original mom. It was so weird. But basically, like, Lindsay Lohan is an evil twin who has now, like, come into her home and the evil twin is like wait a minute i'm not your daughter who's your daughter let's find this out and they go on this like weird sort of like rogue mystery solving mission to find out like 
where the other daughter is. So the movie is <laughs> so bizarre. The movie's called I Know Who Killed Me. If anyone listening has seen this movie, please let me know on Twitter at JessQuaz because I don't know a lot of people who've seen this movie and it's amazing. I know who killed me. But no one dies. No one is murdered. That is not no one kills anyone in this movie. So no oh one. God. No one killed you or your sister. It doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's great. There's no like the the plot holes are insane. Um yeah, there's just evil twinning. And like Lohan you can tell like is really deep into the partying at this point. Like she is struggling to like just show up and like say words. So it's really interesting to see her like drugged out trying to play two different characters cuz even though like there's a nice clean high school version of her it's still Lindsay Lohan. She's still, like, high on something. Um, so she's just a leading lady all around in this movie. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a treat. It's a I gem. I don't, don't even know how to react to this. Like, are, you spe- I, are you speechless? <laughs> it's just so confusing. And it's, like, I think it's hilarious. The title is I Know Who Killed Me. And you said, like, no one gets killed. No one gets <laughs> killed. Like, that's... And the title would imply, like you have somehow in your afterlife figured out your murder. But no, no one is murdered. No one is killed. <laughs> this is like, I know who kidnapped my twin sister. One other movie that I love because it's so bad is The Wicker Man, which, which stars Nicolas Cage. Oh, Nick Cage. Nick Cage. That's another thing we could cover in like a whole podcast is just Nick Cage. Very easily. Very oh, easily. totally. Like, seriously, there's so many movies. Like, when I was coming up with this list, like, I came up with at least like five different Nick Cage movies straight up. And I was like, you cannot just keep talking about Nicolas Cage. This is not the Nicolas Cage show yet. I'm going to I'm going to be pitching you, though. We can totally switch Entertain Buffet to like the Nicolas Cage show. I'm just saying. Um, so the Wicker Man. So basically, Nicolas Cage uh, was like married to this woman. She decided to like abandon him, straight up leave him, take their daughter. I think it's their daughter, her daughter, a girl who might be his kid. I don't remember, and go off to this island that is populated by only women, which you would think be like cool, like all right, cool female characters. No, it's not. They're really written terrible characters. So it's not a, like a cool feminist thing at all. Um, and the little girl goes missing, so she calls Nicolas Cage, who's a detective, to come out and try to find her. And some shenanigans ensue, I guess. Like, <laughs> my favorite scene is, like, he's trying... So the whole movie is he's trying to find his, like, daughter on this this island. This island also sort of is, like, Amish to a certain degree. So they don't have, like, technology. They don't have phones. They don't have electricity. So, you know, that makes the whole, like, mystery of where the girl is even more tricky. So, spoiler alert, he finds a little girl... <laughs> I forget where. I think she's just, like, hanging out in a room, and he, like, opens the door or something and, like, finds her, and he's like, oh, you. Oh, I've been looking for you. All right, cool. I got to grab you, and we got to get out of here. Um, He decides, you know, he's trying to sneak out of this island. He's got to be, like, really sneaky. What do you do to disguise yourself? Well, naturally, you would put on a bear costume to disguise yourself so he literally throws on a bear costume takes this little girl that the whole island has been looking for like literally everyone's trying to find this little girl or so they say and uh he's like 
throws on this bear costume, picks a little girl up, and starts booking it across the island. And then, to be even sneakier, he decides to rip the bear face off. So it's Nicolas Cage, full-on head of Nicolas Cage, running with a little girl in tow in a bear costume body. And it's great. So there's this iconic moment where the (laughs) village has, like, taken him... And they're really obsessed with bees on this island. I forgot why. I don't think they actually ever explain it. But you've probably seen this. If not, you've been living under a rock forever, and I'm sorry. But they put on, like, this cage over Nicolas Cage and pour in, like, all of these bees. And he just starts screaming, like, not the bees, not the bees. That's where that moment comes from. It's the climax of the whole movie is him having bees dumped into his face. Um And it's just him in his prime. Like, he's killing it every step of the way. He's just (laughs) Nicolas Cage in this movie up. Gosh. Uh, I I mainly know little clips from that movie because there was this viral video that went around called Nicolas Cage Losing His Shit, where they literally just spliced together so many parts in movies where he is yelling and screaming and being really weird and what and then all of a sudden it slows down and then it shows him running around in the bear costume and he <gasps> so just is punching it? people <laughs> yes 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 i totally forgot or about punching, the punching women part. i should say yes he is like full-on decking bitches in the face it's crazy <laughs> like they're like hey you so we're trying to stop you he's just like nah i am nicholas cage and i will not be stopped bitch it's oh he's what a guy what a guy I love it. I feel like Nicolas Cage is, like, the room personified. Like, we're, <laughs> like, right? Like, he's weird, but, like, like the only is he a good I'm... actor? I don't know. But, like, there's something fascinating about him. It's, like, I don't know. He's a, what The a... only reason I, I would slightly, not disagree, but, like, I don't want to put him in that category, and it's certainly understandable why you would, is just because, like, he can be a good actor, like, uh, everyone brings up his role in Leaving Las Vegas, and I don't think I've even seen that movie fully through. Like, he won an Oscar for Like, he's an Academy Award winner. And also, um, but, like, I always tell people, I think he should have won the Oscar for Adaptation. I have not seen that, and I know I should. So I've, so many people you have really been, should. I because know. He, I know I need to. So many people have been on about it. He plays twin brothers in that movie, and, like, it's believable that he's two people, and, like, it's, 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 I think that's, you know, like, whenever people are like, he can't act, like, he just, it was a fluke, it's like, no, no, he can, it's just he's picked shit movies because, whether it's his agent or, I don't know. Yeah, um, his selection of movies is so huge, it's like, there are so many bad ones, like, Vampire's Kiss, and, like, uh, Wicker Man, but then you're right. Like he has like really killed it, and he's done some really good stuff. But then he was also like in National Treasure, which I actually rewatched yeah. not all that long ago, and it's real rough. So, I think the uh, we'll transition then to the uh, the main event. Um, it's a movie we've both seen that stars Nicolas Cage. And this is another one that, like, I enjoyed it when I was a kid because, like I said, I didn't know better and it was just an action movie and I loved... So, like, I really love the movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage. Have you seen that one with Sean Connery and No, I have not, no. The one One thing thing I I will say is, like, that is Michael Bay's, like, one slash if he has two good movies. Like, that's one... 
is one like I think that's his best movie but that's not the movie we're going to discuss but it's the movie that actually came out a year later from The Rock it's Con Air (laughs) (laughs) yes Con Air so wait 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 wait. so The Rock is the first one is it Con Air like a sequel to The Rock or no 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 no. okay 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 Uh, uh, well I think it was just like it was kind of like you know Nicolas Cage had been in a bunch of movies but like he did like all of a sudden was in a bunch of action movies and he was like an action gotcha, star and like gotcha. The Rock was really good um, and then all of a sudden like a year later he did Con Air and a lot of people were just kind of like oh that mm, you know <laughs> <laughs> so and, I did not see Con Air as a kid so I had like no nostalgia when I watched it for the first time and I loved it because it's so cheesy and weird but also the cast is pretty good like John Malkovich, right? He's in it. It's got John Malkovich, mm-hmm. Ving Rhames, Steve Buscemi in a little bit. Dave Chappelle has like a <gasps> slight yes. small supporting role. John Cusack, like it is stacked. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really good cast, and it's a really bad movie that all so, these guys are in. If for some reason you haven't heard of Con Air or haven't seen it, just the brief description is. <clears throat> Nicholas Cage, at the beginning of the film, is a soldier that just came home from being a Marine, and he's, like, trained as, like, a deadly weapon. Like, he's amazing at fighting, and basically, some men try to, like, harass slash attack his wife, and he kills them in self-defense, and he gets sentenced to prison, and so then years later, it's, like, seven years later, he's finally on parole, and they're gonna put him on this plane that happens to be filled with like the worst of the worst uh criminals and the criminals take over the plane and yeah it's so it's all these convicts that take over this aircraft hence con air and he is like the hero of the film because like basically even though like he is technically going to be a free man once they land he's trying to save the day because he's a marine gotta do the right thing and it's just hilarious how he goes through <laughs> um, trying to stop them, but then, like, John Malkovich is being all, like, villainy. And it has one of the greatest lines in cinema, I think, <laughs> where John Malkovich figures out that someone is trying to stop them this whole time, and he holds up a pink stuffed bunny. And goes, make a move, and the bunny gets it. And he points a gun at the stuffed bunny. Yes, yes. That is what sticks out in my memory. Every time I think of that movie, that's what I think of. is like the stuffed oh, little God. animal. Oh, my God. Like, it's just this pink stuffed bunny, and he points a pistol at it. Yes. Make a move, and the bunny gets it. <laughs> and then also is when Nicolas Cage fights like another dude like under the plane. And he's just like, put the bunny back in the box and this is where Nixon's cage is doing is this alabama accent that apparently he went through like like he went down to alabama and like learned like the accent and was like all like went through all this like preparation for this role and he had this long luscious hair yes his <laughs> hair his hair is beautiful like it is like oh my gosh it's just like this beautiful shoulder length hair that like sways about in his action fights it's great it's just like I think what I love about it is like it is so over the top like first of all the setting is an airplane with convicts like what and then everything from then on is just 
like testosterone driven action to the nth degree and I think that's why I love it so much is because it's like every action movie you've seen all the tropes all the ridiculousness of that times 10 in an explosion you know you know it's 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 insane well it's funny is because a lot of people actually confuse it they actually think this is a Michael Bay movie because it is like it's one of these movies that like if you didn't think Michael Bay directed it like the person who was the director probably was a Michael Bay fan like seriously yeah like I actually I always think of it as a Michael Bay film but it's totally not but it has like every fixing of a Michael Bay movie like Men well, doing manly things and explosions and convicts. Oh no! It's like yeah, all of that is packaged into this. And I don't know if you know this, but the film Con Air is actually either um, has an Academy Award nomination or an Academy Award win. What? I did not for, know that. For what? For best original song. What song is that? What? Okay, but like, but like, also, like, let's not forget, like, Three Six Mafia is Academy Award winners. So, like, and Suicide Squad. Yeah, and Uh, Suicide Squad. Like, there's only, you know, come on. No, I know, but I, I always find it funny. And like you said, it's like, it's totally like a Michael Bay movie not made by Michael Bay. And I think that's why. So, like, the producers were like Jerry Bruckheimer, which he's known for doing just big action movies. And, like, that's why I think a lot of people kind of lump The Rock and this together, because they were only, like, a year apart. They're both produced by Bruckheimer, and uh, both have Nick Cage, and, like, in just blow-em-up action movie. But it's so funny how just in one, like, year, like, probably not even a year, like, how many months that, like, The Rock is, like, a good movie. Like, sure, it has dumb action, but, like, it's actually a good storyline i think and then like con air which is like an interesting idea on paper but is executed so poorly and one other part i really have to shout out to because um may i just say even though you know we're kind of doing the gimmick of how does this get made um one of my favorite episodes of their podcast is on con air and they brought up one part that like as a kid i was like that's so badass and <laughs> so John Malkovich is like, they say like, they say like in his 39 years being alive, he's been in prison for like 20 of them or something. Like he's just, he's done like armed robbery, murder, you know, like everything you can think of. And so there's a part <laughs> where this other guy is basically tries to screw him over and like tries to steal another plane and leave John Malkovich behind but they crash the plane, and so the guy comes out of the plane all wrecked, and there's, like, oil spilling everywhere, like, jetline fluid or whatever, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Cyrus, which, let's just say, John Malkovich is named Cyrus the Virus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so the character, uh, I think it's Sandino, goes to say Cy as in Cyrus, and then... John Malkovich goes Anara, so Sai Anara, and he throws a cigarette into the lighter fluid, and the guy bursts into flames. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it was hilarious the fact that like he timed it. He's like Sai Anara, and throws the cigarette. Some great improv the- skills that Cyrus the Virus has, ready to go. Right, and like it just—I <laughs> love they brought up on how does this get made, and like it made me think like. 
Like, is that, like, his, like, tagline, like, before he kills people? Like, his, like, they go to say his name's Cyrus, it's just Anara, you know? Right. <laughs> this is so great. Oh, God. Like, it, it makes me think, like, if I were in that situation, one of the other badass criminals would be like, oh, how did he... Holy shit, he timed that out? Like, what a badass. What? what? He just murdered that guy and made a sick joke, too. What? (laughs) God, what an idol. Um, Yeah, so do you have some other favorite parts from the amazing film of Con Air? Gosh, I mean, like, really, though, like, I, when it, when I think about it, I really just think of, like, hardcore action. It's really hard for me to, like, come up with a really specific scene. Um, Okay. I'm trying to recall, because it has been a while since I've seen it, but at the end, the bunny comes back. Am I correct in that? Like, doesn't... Because the whole bunny thing was, like, Nicolas Cage was trying to get it to his daughter? Yeah, his daughter that he's never met, like... Yes, his wife yes. was, like, eight... His wife was, like, eight months pregnant before he went to jail, and he's like, I don't want her to see me in prison. So it's been, like, seven years, and now she's, like, written him letters. And basically, he bought her this stuffed bunny, because apparently you can buy stuff in prison. And he bought her this stuffed bunny, and, like, after... <laughs> The plane crashes on the Las Vegas Strip. Yes, yes, that's right. And this epic conclusion, and then there's this entire motorcycle chase because the plane crash wasn't enough. <laughs> and basically, somehow, some way, you see like this sidewalk kind of like street, and you see the bunny like in some water, like washing to go down the sewer, and then out of nowhere, his arm comes and like catches the bunny before it goes down the sewer and he pulls it up and it's just full of dirt and water and then he gives it to his daughter yes <laughs> he's like all right it's like the what you're rooting for is a bunny once you see the bunny's back you're like all right all's well all's well yeah the plane crashed but we got the bunny that's what counts yeah like how many people died in the plane crash and how many cops were killed like to take over the plane and but the bunny the- made it it's all good. It. I remember like watching that movie and be like, "Oh fuck yeah, he got that bunny." All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Good. I was really worried about that bunny. Yeah, this movie, it's, it's, it's a piece of work, and it's not, it's not on the level of the room because like that's in its own category, and that's why we need to multiple episodes just in that movie. But like, Con Air is just. It's a movie that when you watch it the first time, you don't quite notice all the ridiculousness until you see it again and you really think about it. Yeah, you're you're so right. What? Like when I first watched it, I was laughing and giggling at it, but I was more like into the action sequences. I was really, even though they were so over the top, I was like really gross with them. And then it was like, as I was settling on it, as I was thinking about it, it's like that movie it doesn't make any sense it is so ridiculous and it, i would like find myself laughing at it just thinking about it but at the time i was just so into like the crazy like plane explosions and like all this yes. that it's like it almost like blinds you from how bad it is because you're just watching all this like craziness unfold yeah and it actually one thing that someone pointed out that's so funny is um the actor, like, there's there's not many good, like, criminals on the plane besides Nicolas Cage, but one of his is his friend called Babio, played by McKelty Williamson. He's known as Bubba from Forrest Gump. And so someone pointed out how hilarious it is, because at one point in the movie, uh, Babio gets shot, and, like, Nicolas Cage is, like, holding him in his arms, and, uh... 
like baby it becomes dramatic and baby was like you know it makes me think like god doesn't exist and then like nicholas cage gets up like all buff in his tank top and flowing hair and he's, he's like where, where are you going and nicholas cage is like i'm gonna show you god does exist and then, <laughs> and then he marches from like the back of the plane like he literally like knocks down like four or five buff heavy criminals one of them shoots him in the arm and it doesn't phase him he just terminators <laughs> right through that shit and <laughs> and then just takes control of the plane but it's it's so funny I, I remember even like as a kid I'm like oh shit but like years later it's hilarious I'm gonna show you God does exist <laughs> only Nicolas Cage could bring us all to God like he's the only one that will <laughs> prove to us that God is in fact real Yes. So looking, and I, he shows we all turn our eye to him. Yeah, oh where yeah. Someone I mean, shoots him in the arm and he doesn't flinch. That's it's the work <laughs> of Jesus right there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I have Amen. like a whole list of, of really bad movies that we don't have time to discuss. Yeah. I have a really long list, so can we I? We may have to do a part two at some point. We might, and I would be fine with that. I would never, I would not deny that anytime. So yeah, throw out some honorable mentions. Okay, so another Nicolas Cage movie is Face Off, where I'm just gonna real quick say like John Travolta and Nicolas Cage somehow switch faces slash bodies. It's <laughs> great. Um, then there's Holly Berry's Catwoman. There is Mr. Nanny, which is basically the pacifier starring Hulk Hogan in the 80s. Yes. Do you know that movie? I loved that movie as a kid. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's so great. Um, uh, Leprechaun Back to the Hood, which is a sequel to Leprechaun in the Hood. Uh, I have not seen Leprechaun in the Hood, but I've seen Leprechaun Back to the Hood. And two is spelled like the number two because it's a sequel. So smart. Um, (laughs) Then there is A Talking Cat. Which I say like that because that's how it's spelled. So it's a talking cat because the title is a talking cat, but has a question mark, exclamation mark, question mark in the title. So it's like a talking cat. And it's a a cat movie that Eric Roberts is the voice of the cat. It's Lord. It's great. And then, of course, one of the best bad movies ever, Showgirls. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so I do not have that many honorable mentions, but like a, a few I'll throw out there are um, Ready to Rumble, which is like there's not many movies about wrestling, and like this movie had like David Arquette and like uh, I don't even remember who it was. Scott Con, Batman and Robin. Oh yes, you know, George Clooney and Joel Schumacher <gasps> almost killing Batman before Christopher Nolan had to reboot it in two thousand five. And one movie, I will say that I hope it's, like, universally known that, like, it's a good movie, but, like, it's one of those that it's made really bad, but I I actually think it's good, and that's Tremors. Yes, Tremors. Tremors is, yeah, it's, like, badly done, but I I love it. I still think it's good. Kevin Bacon, man. Like, put him in anything. I'll watch it. But yeah, uh, then there's like Tremors 2, Tremors 3. Like those start getting really ridiculous. Not that the first one isn't, but I really love the first one. And I think it's it's funny how like it's so bad, but like it's actually like certain things. I'm like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, those are my honorable mentions that I could think of. I, I have a lot of bad movies to see. You really do. You really do. 
lord. So, uh, we'll, uh, wrap things up here, and, uh, Jess, got yourself an LOL of the week. It could be a picture, meme, story... Uh, video, anything like that for yeah, the, for the so listeners? I have a, a YouTube video that came up on one of my uh, news feeds this week, and it's hilarious. I've watched it like seven times, and every time I like almost pee myself. I think it's so funny. Um, there was an episode of Seventh Heaven back in the day where one of the children uh, brings a joint home. And it's a really oh dramatic boy. episode because the dad and mom find it, and they they you know get a whole family meeting together where the dad's like, "Whose joint is this?" Well, someone because the internet is a treasure and amazing. Someone made a parody video of that moment where they're questioning the kids about whose joint it is, and it's done to like this really dramatic music and this like really dramatic way of editing it and it's just taken to a whole new level I, I will put it on my twitter so you guys could see it if anyone wants to watch it it's literally just like seventh heaven joint parody i think the marijuana parody seventh heaven marijuana parody it is hysterical like and i didn't even watch the show as like a kid i didn't i never watched that and i still think it's hysterical just the way it's edited and like the ridiculousness of the 90s dealing with a marijuana storyline it's amazing if you're having a bad day and you just need to laugh at it just watch seventh heaven marijuana parody awesome so a new thing I'm going to try to do on the podcast is I'm going to try it because someone actually suggested it on Twitter. One of our listeners, I believe his name is Travis, said, hey, these LOLs of the week that you guys talk about, when they're memes and videos, can you put a link in the show description? And I'm going to try to do that now. So um, if we can, obviously some videos are like just straight up, they're just Facebook videos. And so it's hard to get a link. But uh, uh, if Jess gives me the link, I'm going to try to put that in the description so we can all enjoy that. Oh, yeah. It's like open on my computer right now because I watched it like three <laughs> times today. It's so funny. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so mine is also a video. This is actually I, I saw on the Facebook news feed. Um, for any of you who aren't Game of Thrones fans, um, a lot of us are kind of upset, sort of, because season seven is only going to be seven episodes, opposed to the usual ten. And uh, this came up last week. Uh, we're actually recording this after the third episode just uh, aired. But this was basically, they were pointing out last week how after the first two episodes, like we only have five left. And it's Chris Farley. I believe this is from like an SNL sketch. But basically, someone tells him some bad news at, like, a restaurant. And he's, like, all smiling and happy. And, like, above the video, it says, like, when you realize there are only five episodes of Game of Thrones left this season. And, like, he's his smile turns into just pure rage. And he's like, <laughs> you son of a bitch! You no good damn son of a bitch! You're lying to me! And he's just shaking the man. Like, <laughs> and, like, people are holding him back. And he's like, you're lying to me, you son of a bitch! <laughs> And it's, like, totally how, like, I was thinking, like, I was upset. There's only five episodes left? Like, no, no, you, you're lying to me. Like, this is a trick. And, and I thought it was just perfect. There are some people that they put little texts over, like, a short video that just are perfect. And that was one that, yeah. That's yeah, it... <laughs> how we all feel. Like, no, you just came back. Where are you going? Stop. Yeah. Don't yes. go away. Don't do this to us. <laughs> Ah, well, Jess, that was a that was a journey. Yeah. 
lots of bad, bad movies. So much to say about really bad movies. It's hard to condense it, that's for sure. Yeah, and we, we didn't even cover that many, but like uh, we may have to do a part two at some point. Uh, <laughs> movies that are so bad, back to the hood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, it would yeah. make me so happy. <laughs> and like we said, look out. We're going to do an episode just about the room, maybe even just about the disaster artist, the the, the, the quintessential bad movie of bad movies. Um, but uh, yeah, any uh, anything you want to plug, Jess, as we wrap up here? Um, I mean, just follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I usually like keep my stuff updated then. I don't really have anything major I want to plug right now. But yeah, on Twitter, I am at Jess Quaz, Jess K-W-A-Z-Z. And on Instagram, I'm Quazica, which is K-W-A-Z-Z-I-C-A. So follow me there. And uh, let's be friends. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hang out. Yes. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at the pros T-H-E-P-R-O-Z-E. Or Entertain Buffet uh, on Twitter as well. Um, as we said earlier, Entertain Buffet is producing our first play coming in uh, less than two weeks. So please, I'm putting a link to where you can find ticket information and buy tickets. Um, tickets are only going to be $13 if you reserve them online or call over the phone to Stage 773 in Chicago. Um, they're going to be $15 if you wait to get them at the door. So save yourself a few dollars. Get them over the phone, reserve them early so you get to go the night you want to go and it, we don't sell out or anything like that. But uh, yeah, so check out How Does It Make You Feel? I should probably say the name of the play. Uh, <laughs> how Does It Make You Feel? Yes, it also has a question, but I don't, it's not a cat talks or whatever. A talking cat. A talking cat. How does that make you feel? Uh, how does it make you feel? Um, yeah, it's directed by Mary Nora Wolf, and we have an incredible cast that we are so lucky we're working with right now. and. We're building the set, and so it's it's exciting. It's happening. It's crazy. Um, like we've been working on this for so long, and it's just I I was counting, and I'm like, it's eleven days away. I can't that believe that. Yeah, you've been going that's... hard on it. I am. Well, <laughs> anyone who's listening, please go show up. Like I said, it, I've read the script. It's really funny. I wish I could be there, but unfortunately, I can't. So buy your tickets and see it at least for me like at least go for this <laughs> random girl on a podcast who told you to go thank you jess <laughs> so <laughs> and as always check out all of our uh, other video content on entertainment buffet we're working on some more sketches and web shows that we've had in the books for a while with editors so be on the lookout for those hey guys before you click away from this podcast and delete this episode please check out some friends of our uh, show you can check out movie trailer trash on itunes as well as the entertainment buffet youtube page hosted by charlie and bethany duber please also check out the shelled podcast hosted by jeremy meyer he's got some fun new content coming out where he talks about um, old scripts that weren't made that almost got made as well as doing some movie commentaries so check out them as well and lastly check out the jack of all takes podcast hosted by cole rush aaron matero dean pierce and um, many various guests that are on that show discussing various hot takes very interesting show so please check out all three of these podcasts. They are friends of the show, and we would really appreciate that you can check out all the content because who doesn't love just latching onto a new podcast to listen to?
And uh, yeah, you can catch Jessica in a bunch of cameos in our older sketches. So <laughs> yes, please watch me in all my glory. I'm going to use it all for my acting reel. It's all beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, anything else, Jess? No, just uh, thanks for listening. For This was a great first episode. I had a lot of fun and I hope to come back soon. Yes, please. Uh, as always, you hear on all the podcasts you listen to, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, uh, leave a comment. Uh, if you're like Jess and you have an idea for an episode, just reach out to us. You can email us, entertainmentbuffet at gmail.com. We love taking episode ideas, and that way you, you guys can uh, hear us talk about things you actually want to hear people talk about. And, uh, yeah, so... Check out Jessica on the on the social medias and yes. all that stuff. And the tweeters and the grams. On the tweeters. Yes. But yeah, this on is fun. In- I hope you guys, however you're listening, whether you're in a car or you're in the gym or wherever, I hope you're having a phenomenal day. It's cool. Thanks for, uh, or as, uh, as John Malkovich said, sayonara. <laughs> <laughs>